0: um, at the Lord gave me a, um, a parallel thing to that. And so there, there are some of you here that you felt the call of God to go deeper. You felt the call of God just inviting you into, um, a deeper place with him. Psalms 27, um, Verse 8 says, when you, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And there's a, I want to read it out of the New Living Translation because it reads a little bit better, a little bit different. It says, um, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds and says, Lord, I'm coming. And so what I want to say today is that there's some of you here today and you've heard the voice of, of the Lord say, come and talk with me. And you were like, nah, I'll just go play a video game. I'll just go watch TV, watch a movie, do whatever, stay busy, whatever. I'll go help somebody. But I don't want to spend time with the Lord. And um, the Lord is always gracious and the lord wants more than anything he wants this he wants just he is always saying there's never a moment in time where psalms 27 verse 8 is not a thing there's never a moment in time where the lord's not saying come and talk with me he's always saying that the the the, the um it's it's always up to us will we respond will we say lord i'm coming lord i'm coming Lord, I want to talk with you. Lord, I want to hear what you have to say. And this, oh, I mean, I wasn't even planning this, but this leads perfectly into our next sermon series. You saw um, hearing, hearing the voice of God, hearing God. And so this is our next sermon series, hearing the voice of God. How many of you know, you saw that little clip. How many of you know that there are, there are radio, radio waves right now beaming through this building? And if you had the right receiver... You could pick up on those radio waves and we could listen to country music right now. (laughs) I don't know why country music is funny. (laughs) Do you know that it used to be called country and gospel? Do you know that it used to really proclaim a lot of the goodness? But right now there's radio waves beaming through this building, but none of us are hearing them because we don't have the right receiver. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is always speaking. God is always speaking. I'm giving you a free next week. <laughs> little little, little uh, teaser for next week. God is always speaking. He's speaking right now. Are you listening? Are you hearing him? Because he's always speaking. God's got a lot to say. He's an infinite God. You know, we've been around people who like to talk a lot. <laughs> God is an infinite talker. All right, I'll save something for next week. We've got to move on with today. All right. Wow, 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 wow. What a presence of the Lord here this morning. Hey, I wanna, I'm here to tell you right now that 2024 is going to be a year of testimonies. 2024 is going to be a year of, of, of things. I, I think I've said this before for 2024, um, but I want to remind you, and I want to let everybody know today, 2024 is going to be a year of you receiving things that you've prayed for for years and years and years. Amen things that you have prayed for for decades or more are coming to pass and you'll have your answer this year the answers and the testimonies i'm telling you right now i I can tell it in my spirit the answers and the testimonies that we receive this year uh we're going to tell those stories for decades to come Uh, Mm. no i said that the answers and the testimonies that we receive we're going to tell for decades to come yeah wow wow somebody should be excited about that that's a good thing glory to god all right anchored we're here to talk about our last uh message in the series on hope and today I want to talk to you. We've talked all about hope, how we should have hope, how we should be uh, the purveyors of hope. We should carry hope. We talked about how to get hope. We talked about the quick way. We talked about the long way. Right? There's many ways to get hope. If you if you need a refresher on those, go back and listen to the previous week's message. Today I want to talk to you about hope in the glorious church. How many of you have hope in the church? Yeah, hand, a couple of hands go up, but they were slow to go up. I'm here to tell you today, we should all have all the hope in the world, in the church. This body of believers right here, we should be those who carry the most hope. Whoever, hope, whoever has the most hope has the most influence. Whoever has the most hope wins. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl promised myself I wouldn't <laughs> What is hope? Hope is the confident expectation in God to work all things together for good. Right? We we went over that description before. Hope is the belief that the future is going to be better than the present and that God has given us the power to make that happen and he has given that power to the church. Yeah. He's given us that power. I'm here to tell you today, my belief in the church is that we are an occupying force. That we are an occupying force. We are not uh, four walls where we can gather and wait for the end to come. That's not, that's not what the church is. You know, I, I used to think that end time uh, theology, other, other words known as eschatology, I used to think that it was not that important. But this is exactly what we're talking about. We will believe that there is a powerful church that is on the move that will bring heaven on earth because of our end time theology. Or we will believe that the church is a place that we're supposed to run in and hide and wait for the the world to grow dark because of what we believe will happen in the last days. What we believe about eschatology will determine where we stand on this topic. And I'm here today to tell you that the church is an occupying force, that the church has all of the power and that the enemy has none, and that there is nothing that he can do to tear, to come against us. And we have all of the power in the world to go out and to make heaven happen here on earth. This is what God has done for us. And I'll tell you what, church, it's time to get big. It's time to get big, get big. All right, so the real thing is this, is, is the, it goes like this, it says, um, for the bear thing, right? If it's black, fight back, if it's brown, lay down, if it's white, good night. <laughs> if it's black, get big, make noise, ah, ah. and it's going to run away because black bears are smaller and they're not up for the fight. Grizzly bears, they'll, they'll tassel with anybody that, that wanders around, so if it's brown, lay down and play dead. They don't want to, you know, fight dead things. They won't fight dead things. If it's white, well, polar bears are the only animal on earth that will actually attack and kill a grizzly bear. So, yeah, and they're, they're the only bear that will actually track and hunt and kill humans because there's so little food in that area where they live. So, does that make sense? If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lay down. If it's white, good night. <laughs> Just a little... Just a little uh, bear, bear information. By the way, do you know that um, in Russian, the word bear is pronounced medich. Medic. Medic means bear. I'm a bear. Come on. I'm big. I'm a grizzly, baby. I'm a grizzly. Big Kodiak grizzly. Come on. <laughs> All right. I think we should read some scripture. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, Uh, Jesus answered and said to them, said to him, blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say, I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell and the gates of hell, Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so he wasn't just giving these keys, and he wasn't just giving these authority to Peter, but he was giving this authority to all who would believe in the name of Jesus after him. On this rock, I will build my church. The word there is ecclesia, ecclesia. It's very interesting. Here's Jesus. He's Jewish through and through and through, and they had multiple different gathering points for Judaism. They had the temple in Jerusalem, they had the synagogues all throughout the world. They had um all these different places, all these diff- different Jewish terms and the one term that Jesus chooses to label his organization, his organization moving forward, it's a secular term. It's a it's a um it's a um Greek term. It's a Greek word. Didn't exist before uh it didn't exist when the Old Testament was written. He uses this term and he says, you are my ecclesia." And yes, it's a governmental term. And so the church isn't just all of us. The church is wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with you also. And the church is not just in these four walls, guys. Because if it is, then we can't be an occupying force by being here this morning. But here's the glorious truth of the word ecclesia: is that even as we walk out those doors, you go out two by two, the restaurant that you walk into, you have authority in that place to declare God's goodness, to declare the will of God, to declare the power of God at your workplace. You are the priest and the pastor over that workplace. Start leading people to Christ. Start telling them about Jesus. Start praying for people. Start sharing the love of God with people this is what we're to do as the church we are to occupy until he comes you are the church on this on this rock i will build my church my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it what do gates represent gates represent authority all the authority of hell will not be able to prevail against the church the enemy can't do anything against you guys Right, We need to understand this. We need to get it through. How do we get big? We don't get big by going to the gym and working out. I mean, you do. There's some of you guys, you go to the church all the time. You guys are big. Bigger than me. We're talking big spiritually. How do you get big spiritually? By lifting the spiritual weights. And by believing what the Bible says about you. By believing and understanding the authority that Jesus has given you. We need to... I'll say this until I'm blue in the face: You need to get this Bible in your brain. You need to get it into your heart. You need to understand it. You need to know it. Read it. Read it until it, it's read it until it's second nature to you. And then understand and believe that you are who it says you are, and that you have what it says you have. And that's when we receive the keys of the kingdom of heaven that's when we receive the keys of the kingdom of heaven. They're ours for the taking. But we have to believe what the word says about us. We have to believe what the word says about us. If we don't believe what the word says about us, then we don't get the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Because the keys of the kingdom of heaven are spiritual keys, and they're discerned spiritually, and we use them with faith. Come on. How many of you know there's different kinds of keys, right? You have a key in your pocket. You take it out. You stick it in the door and you turn it and it opens the lock. There's a key, uh fingerprint key, right? And then there's a key, you push button key, facial recognition key, all these different types of keys. Well, there's a spiritual key that unlocks doors. Come on. John 14, 16 through 18 says this. Jesus says, and I will pray and in, uh, to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And so I'm here today to tell you that this time that, that, uh, of power of the church, it doesn't come to an end there's no point in time where this ends, right? There's not like, okay, the church will have power for a thousand years and then, you know, we're going to take it away. And no, it's, we get the power and we have the power until Jesus returns. We'll look at another scripture later, but I'm telling you here to read, we read this today. The Holy Spirit is in you and he is with you and Jesus will not leave us orphans on this planet. But some of us behave like that. Oh, if God would only, you know, come, if God would only show up. He's here. Push in. Embrace. Sometimes we've got to put in the hard work of of, uh, just fellowshipping with God, being in his presence. This is where the power comes from. We can only move in power with the Lord to the amount that we've sought him in the secret place. We can only move in power with the Lord in the natural as we walk the earth to the same level that we've embraced him in the secret place, behind closed doors, spent time alone with him in prayer, spent time alone, just, just sitting with him, not asking for anything other than more of his, other than more of who he is. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We read this one all the time. Today's no different. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority. How much authority? All All authority. And if Jesus has all authority, then how much authority does the enemy have? None. None. That's right. And so if Jesus has all authority, the enemy has no authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And we know that that's an upgrade from what we saw in Eden. Go, therefore, and make disciples of nations. Listen, I'm all, I'm, I am excited about discipling individuals. I am excited about ex- discipling individuals. We believe in that process. We have that process set up here at Redeeming Love. Get into an engaged group. We have uh, multiple different engaged groups. Engage groups is the way that we learn. We talk things through. And there's a discipleship process. And we're working to make that better and better all the time. We have a process to disciple individuals. But how many of you know that Jesus was not exaggerating when he said disciple nations? It wasn't a mistake. It's not a misprint. He didn't write it down wrong. God wants us to disciple whole regions and nations for Christ, for the glory of God. And this is why I believe that God wants us to see the city of Troy saved. Can we see a city saved? Actually, I want to see the entire capital region saved. City of Troy is 55,000, 50,000 people. Obviously, they can't all fit in here. <laughs> It'd be tight. <laughs> no, even even at that, even, I mean, standing room only, squish them in, you know, you, can't, you can only get 27 people into a, a beetle, right? There's a limit to the amount of people that you could actually force in this building. Um, the town says we can only put 250 in here. Um, But I'm sure that we could squeeze in a few more than that, but it wouldn't be comfortable at all. Nonetheless, you can't fit 50,000 in here, so we're going to need more churches doing the same thing. But there's 1.1 million people in the greater capital region surrounding the Tri-City area. And so let's go for that. Let's disciple our region and see the glory of God come. We can do it because that's what Jesus told us to do. Jesus is not... 2000 years later Jesus isn't like, well, you know, it didn't happen, so what are we going to do now? <laughs> he he's not saying that. This is still the plan. The plan is still go out and disciple nations. Go out and disciple nations. Go out and disciple nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 1 John 4 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I'm here today to tell you, you have to know this scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, than any demonic force, any evil force outside in the world. There is never a moment in time where the enemy has power over me unless I give it to him. Different ways that I can give the enemy power is through unforgiveness, through sin in my life, through unbelief. I give away my power. But as long as I believe, as long as I'm clean, as long as I've forgiven... There is no power that the enemy holds over me, not even a little. Not even a little annoying devil. What does it say? He flicks them away with his finger. God flicks them away with his finger. And as he, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. It's that easy, guys. Shoe fly don't bother me. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If you're a Christian, if you're saved, if you've given your life to Christ, then you overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is what overcomes the world. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so we are overcomers. We overcome everything that the world has to throw out at us. What is the world throwing out at you? Let's do a quick self-examination before we go on to the next scripture. What is the, what is the enemy throwing out, out at you? What is the world throwing out at you? What lie are you believing about yourself that you need to overcome? Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God has given us the words to speak to others to bring the power of eternal life. He's given all of us that power. Don't believe the lie that you're not to share the gospel. Every single one of us, if you're a Christian, every single one of us has a responsibility to share the gospel. Evangelists might do a little bit better with a little bit better results, but we're all responsible to share the gospel. We're all responsible to share the gospel. Prophets prophesy... But Paul said, I desire that you would all prophesy. I believe that we all have the gift of discerning of spirits to one level or another. It says in, um, I can't remember what book it's in right now. Uh, First John, it says, discern the spirits that are among you. It doesn't say, hey, listen, make sure you get those with the gift of discerning of spirits to come and discern the spirits that are among you. No, he says very plainly, Discern the spirits that are among you, whether they are of God or whether they are of the devil. And so you all, all of us, anybody who's a Christian, you have the gift of discerning of spirits to some level or another. And so you can at least tell whether or not a spirit, spirit that's on somebody, a spirit that's moving with somebody, a spirit that's in a room, you at some point can at least tell whether that spirit's a good spirit or whether that spirit's a bad spirit. Whether that spirit's from God or whether that spirit's from the enemy. That's the minimum that you guys can tell. Everyone. People with discerning of spirits are going to understand a little bit more differently. That We have a class for that. But just know this, that you are born of God and you overcome the world. You overcome the world. Is there any area of your life where you may have unforgiveness, where you may have unconfessed sin, just examine those areas, not, not because there's any shame or condemnation, but simply because you want to walk in the fullness of what God's called you to. I know forgiveness is a big deal uh, for a lot of people. And um, man, the change in a person's life when they choose to forgive, the change in a person's life when they choose to forgive before forgiveness, they're bound, there's things aggravating them, there's things that they just uh, can't get over, there's things that just irritate them, and when they come to a point of forgiveness, man, they start, not only are they not, no longer agitated by those things any longer, but now they begin to move in power that they hadn't before. What, was, what changed? Unforgiveness left, and the power of God came. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And so how do we overcome? By the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of Jesus. I, I win not because I'm strong. I win not because I'm smart. I win not because of anything that I do but because of what Jesus has done for me. And I simply embrace what he's done. And I declare it to the world and I have power over any evil force. Why? Because Jesus has already defeated the enemy and he has no no power. We've already read this. And the word of their testimony. And so start to talk about what God has done for you. Start to talk about what God has done for you. I'm here to tell you. Listen, uh, um, a testimony should be about five or ten percent about what the enemy did, and it should be ninety to ninety-five percent about what God did. A testimony should be about five percent about what the enemy did, and it should be ninety-five percent about what God did. You know, we get into trouble so many times because um, we we tell a testimony wrong or we hear a testimony wrong. And this is one of the greatest misconceptions when we go to read the book of Revelation. We read the book of Revelation, and it has a lot in there to say about the end times. It has a lot to say in there about uh, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast. And people want to search this out and find this out, and they, they get terrified. Because, number one, there's not a full understanding when they're reading it. But number two, their focus is in the wrong place. Let's go to the very first verse of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to go there and read it. I could quote it, but I'm going to go there and read it. Revelation 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of who? Wait a minute, I thought it talked about the Antichrist. The revelation of who? I thought it talked about the mark of the beast, the revelation of who? And so when you're reading it, read it and understand that this is what Jesus is going to do. Do you know that before it talks about the mark of the beast, it talks about the mark of God? Don't worry about whether or not you're going to get the mark of the beast. Just make sure you have the mark of God because the mark of the beast can't come on those who have the mark of God. This is really simple. But instead, we stand in fear and we're like, oh my God, is credit cards the mark of the beast? Is social security numbers the mark of the beast? Are his checking accounts the mark of the beast? (laughs) Uh, Guys, I'm not kidding. This has been the reality of the church for years. We stand around and we look and we're like, oh no, the mark of the beast is coming. I could care less. Bring it on. Bring the end. It's all going to be glorious. As a matter of fact... My Bible says that it is a great and glorious day of the Lord's return. I'm up for great and glorious. I'm up for a little great and glorious. Anybody else want some great and glorious? I'll take some great and glorious. Sign me up. But until that day, the church is to be an occupying force. Jesus gets his disciples together. Matthew chapter 6, he says, Lord, teach us to pray. And he teaches them this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the same way that the kingdom of heaven is in heaven, Jesus is instructing us, pray that that kingdom of heaven would come and be kingdom of heaven on earth. Pray that the kingdom of heaven would manifest itself in this earth realm. Okay, what does that look like? Well, if we're going to get really simple, look at heaven and see what's there. And then just do the same thing here. What's in heaven? There's no sickness. There's no Uh, There's no war, there's no strife, there's no tears, there's no, there's no none of that. Well, we have all of that here. You're the emissary of the kingdom, so release it. Release it. When you see sickness, pray for healing. Release it. When you see somebody that's crying, they're upset, they're, they're in turmoil, sit with them, talk with them, pray with them. This is how we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. You're the, you're the carrier. You're infected with heaven. <laughs> and, too many, and too many times we walk around with masks on our face saying like, oh, I can't let any, my heaven get on anybody. take off your mask, infect the world, because I'm telling you what, heaven is the most glorious uh, place that you can ever be. And as you share it with others, yeah, at the beginning, they might be a little irritated. I'm not saying that they won't be. I'm not saying that that's not true. As you begin to say share heaven, as you begin to share peace, joy, love, as you begin to share these things with others who are miserable, depressed, and stressed, at first, it's going to be very irritating. Have you ever been in, like, in a bad mood and you get around somebody that's just like overly joyful? They're annoying. <laughs> what are you so stinking happy about? Could you please calm it down? <laughs> I'm not saying that at the beginning, as you begin to release heaven, that it's not going to irritate people, but after a little while... After a little while of just, you know, infecting everybody with joy, someone's going to come over, someone's going to be curious, and someone is going to say, why are you so happy all the time? Don't you know that this is miserable? Don't you know that, you know, we're all stressed? Don't you know that we're all losing money? And don't you know that you're not supposed to be happy right now? (laughs) You're not supposed to be happy. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that I have joy in the midst of trials. My Bible says that I can consider it pure joy when I come into various trials because it's the testing of my faith that develops perseverance and makes me more mature. And so I'm going to have joy. It says that Jesus was was anointed with the oil of gladness more than all of his companions. What does that mean? It means that Jesus was the happiest person to ever walk the planet. And now B- the Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world. And so if he's the happiest person on the planet, the call is for me to be the happiest person on the planet. And not just happy because I'm happy, but joyful. Because the enemy can't take my joy. Because joy is supernatural. It comes from the kingdom realm. And so we take this, we take the realities of the kingdom well, and we walk them out here on the earth. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. I just want to put in a little review before I read this scripture. I'm going to get off that page so you can't look at it. Read it while I'm I'm talking. I know some of you. You'll be reading while I'm talking. Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. He comes after his resurrection, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here it is, you take it. Then he says, in Acts chapter 1, he says, remain in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Remain in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's coming. And then Acts 2, it says, now, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls. They were all in one place, one accord. Holy Spirit falls, tongues of fire Resting upon them all and all these other people hear different languages and they respond and they say hey, maybe they're drunk That's exactly what they said read the Bible And then it says uh, Peter responds and he says no what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel In the last days God says I will pour out my spirit in when in when in the last days When are the last days? When did they begin? They began right here. The the last days began in Acts chapter 2, A.D. 33. Right after Jesus' death began the last days. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy prophecy is not just for men it's for men and women your sons and your daughters will prophesy your men young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams in those days i will pour out my spirit on my uh on my i will pour out my spirit even on my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy we're still talking about the end last days He says, I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will be turned to blood red before the the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. And so when do the last days end? When the last day comes. When is the last day? The last day is when Jesus returns. So the last days, this anointing of the Holy Spirit to preach, pray, prophesy, to bring the good news to the world, it began in Acts 2. It began 50 days, day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, and it ends when Jesus returns. And until Jesus comes back in the clouds, we haven't hit the last day. The last days haven't ended. The power of the Holy Spirit hasn't left us. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so the Lord has given us the mandate. You and I. Why am I still here? If God wants us to go to heaven, why am I still here? Because he wants you and I to share the gospel with the world. He wants you and I to bring heaven, as we acquaint ourselves with it, to the world around us. Everywhere we go, everything we do, heaven on earth. When you walk into Mocha Blend Cafe, you walk into a little bit of heaven on earth. There's worship music playing in the background. There's a peaceful atmosphere that surrounds the place. The the sandwiches taste a little better from there, not because of the food that they use, but because of the anointing with which they make them. This is the God's honest truth. Your business should be the same way. What do you do? Make it the same way. Are you a school bus driver? Pray over that bus. Pray over every kid. Pray over them by name. Do you work at a cash register? Pray for every person that walks through your cash register line. Pray for your, uh, you know, pray pray for the people that work with you, work for you. Pray over the room in which you work. You work remotely, pray over uh, the Zoom calls that you're on just release the anointing, release the peace of God, and release the joy of God in those areas. Back when I was, um, back when I ran the nursery, before I became pastor here, I would go to farmer's markets on Friday mornings. And, you know, um, I had a friend who uh, at the time was in the car business, and he said, you know, people in the car business are the worst of the worst of the worst. So, you know, until you've worked around car business, car, in the car business, you know, you don't know, you know, the, de- the depravity of humanity and the way people can talk and things that they'd say and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm not saying that the people at this agricultural farmer's market were of that sort, but there were plenty of people there that were always looking to tell dirty jokes and all, all kinds of bad stuff. And so I came in and I had a little pocket Bible that was about... A quarter of the size of this, but it had the entire Bible in it. And so I would sit on, because we didn't have smartphones yet. <laughs> just dated myself. And so I would sit on my my tailgate waiting for customers to come by at this farmer's market, and I would read my Bible. And somebody would uh, come up, and we'd talk, you know, because everybody talks to everybody, you know, this is just a thing. It's good. And th- they would want to tell me some of these dirty jokes. And after One or two times of hearing it and knowing that this person this one same person was going to come and they were going to tell me a dirty joke again i was like listen i don't want to hear that please don't tell me those kinds of jokes i don't find them funny i wasn't insulting i just let them know my preference but i'm establishing a benchmark for the holiness of god do you know that nobody told me dirty jokes anymore Do you know that after a little while, people would walk up. They wouldn't even swear around me. Something happened to the little stall piece of asphalt that I parked my truck on that when they walked near it, they couldn't be sinful. (laughs) I demanded holiness without ever telling them what they could or couldn't do because they knew. And when they walked into my zone, it had to change. Yes, I had to lay the law down with one or two people. Listen, I don't want to hear those jokes. I'm sure one person told another, told another. Well, he doesn't like to. That's fine. Talk about me. But I'm establishing a perimeter of holiness, I'm establishing my atmosphere. And when push came to shove, you know what? People started coming up to me and they were like, hey, listen. You know, I know you go to church. Can you pray? Can you pray for this? Can you pray for that? Can you pray for this? And so I went from just being a regular attender. I went from having absolutely no influence in the place to being the spiritual light within the community. People there, they knew that if, if you wanted prayer, you go there. <laughs> you <laughs> I, I attend. I I did that for I don't know, like 15 or 20 years. That was a long time, and it was towards the end. Um, I had been there for a long, long time at this point. And, um, you know, I would never got to know everybody really, really well. And um, so I'm just talking with this one guy. You know, he was across the way and down that year, a number of spaces. And so I went over. I was asking about something that he was selling. And um, then we start talking. One thing leads to another. And he says, hey, do you know that this other guy who's parked right next to him, Uh, Because one thing leads to another. We're talking, you know, I go to church. I'm a pastor, youth pastor, associate pastor at the time, whatever it was. And uh, so we're talking and he's like, oh, do you know that so-and-so has been on their church choir for 45 years? And I'm like, get out of here. With the way he talks, he actually goes to church. Are you kidding me? (laughs) All the anger that's pent up on the inside of this guy. I mean, good God, sometimes he looks at me and I get afraid. Not really. I mean, I don't, I don't get afraid, but I'm just like, if, if looks, could kill. Uh, and he wasn't even mad at me. But, and so I'm like, but that's not the expression of heaven. God wants us to take on the characteristics of heaven so that we can influence the whole world around us. We're not just to come here one day a week and get a ticket to heaven so that when we pass, we go. We're to affect the entire world around us in every single way that we can. And maybe it begins small. Maybe it begins with you just sharing joy with someone else. Maybe it just begins with you smiling and saying hello to somebody who hasn't been said hello to. There's a lot of loneliness in the world, and it's getting worse. Technology, rather than bringing us together, has in many ways separated us. It's driven a deeper wedge. And loneliness is on the increase. So reach out, smile, be a friend. Share the light of the gospel everywhere you go. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Jesus comes and he says, I am the light of the world. Then a few verses later, maybe half a chapter later, he says, you are the light of the world. He's the light of the world. And then when we come to know him, you're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. As he is, so are we in this world. The way Jesus walked the earth, we're called to walk the earth. He's the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. But they put it on a lampstand so that it can shine the light before all. And it says this, that the good, your good works, that they may see your good works and that they might glorify God in heaven. You are the light of the world. It's time for us to start shining. It's time for us to get big and understand who we are. It's time for us to get on the same page with Jesus, that we're here to affect the world around us. We're here to return His dominion to the earth everywhere we walk. Every place we set our foot, that's the dominion that God has given us. Everywhere. No exceptions. If you're here today, and I want to pray for a bunch of things today uh, before we have the offering. If you're here today and you want a fresh start on affecting the world around you, I want you to stand. We all know this. Like, I mean, we should all know this at this point, that this is what our calling is. If you've never known this before, that you're supposed to be affecting the world around you, stand up. If you know that this is God's call on your life, that you're supposed to affect the world around you. You know it. You knew it before you walked in here today. But you want a fresh feeling to do that? Stand up. Now, I'm not trying to get everybody to stand up. I know there's a few people that probably won't. But this is what we're called to do. And as kingdom growth doesn't happen here in the four walls. Kingdom training happens here in the four walls. We'll teach you to pray, prophesy, lay hands on people, see the sick healed. We'll teach you to do that. But the kingdom growth happens outside these four walls. Kingdom growth is what happens when you walk out those doors. And if you're not doing any of this stuff in here that we do in here, out there, when you walk out those doors, then kingdom growth won't happen. It's all up to you. It's up to every one of us. I'm affecting the ones that I can affect but I'm never going to meet all of the people that you're going to meet. I don't have enough time in my life. Even if I live 120 years and don't sleep, I don't have enough time to meet all the people that you're going to meet. Father, right now in Jesus' name, God, I pray that a new fire and a new passion would come over every single one of us to share the light of the gospel with everyone we meet. God, that we would share your goodness and your joy and your love and your peace. God, that our joy would be infectious, that our peace would be overwhelming. God, I pray that people that are given to to rage and anger would just become quiet when we walk in the room as a testimony of who you are. God, I pray that you would anoint every hand in here to heal the sick. God, that as we walk out of here and we see sick people, that we lay hands on them and they're healed in the grocery aisles. That they're healed in restaurants and cafes. God, that there would be no end to the moving of your kingdom here in Troy, in the Tri-City area. God, that your kingdom in heaven would come to earth. God, through our hands, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can sit down. I want to. I want to pray for something else. Um, we Stacy began that uh, shared that word at the testem- at the beginning of of um, people who would be pillars of fire. People who would be pillars of fire. Obviously, we all are to some degree, and that's what we just shared about. But there are some in here. God's calling you to something greater. God's calling you to something greater and you know who you are and you know what it is. I want you to stand. God's calling you to something greater. He's calling you to something higher. He's calling you to more devotion. Don't stand quickly. He's calling you to more devotion. He's calling you to more time with him because what he has for you to do to be that pillar of fire, it can only be accomplished through time spent with him. If you don't spend time with him, it can't happen. It doesn't happen aside from that time with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see these who have stood. And Father, we just pray that your fire would envelop them right now. Lord, that they would become those pillars of fire, God, that we spoke of, that you spoke of through, through Stacy. God, that they would be those pillars of fire, that they would affect, God, that they would shine brightly, that they would be consumed for you, God. That they would be consumed for your purposes in the earth. Consumed. 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 Some of you standing, you're going to uh, greatly increase the kingdom greatly increase the kingdom many times we we think about um doing something great for god and we think you know i've got to be a pastor i've got to be a prophet i've got to be an apostle but i'm telling you right now that the new wave that's coming is uh being jesus in the marketplace being jesus in the workplace and this is where uh this is where city transformation happens and so although you're standing it doesn't mean that you're going to work for the church it may just mean that you become set on fire and set ablaze for God where you are and that many, hundreds, thousands will come to Christ because of your workplace, because of a little coffee shop. Amen, amen, amen. One last thing that I want to pray for and then we'll, we'll take the offering. One last thing that I want to pray for is that if there's anybody, and you don't have to stand for this, if there's anybody in here and um, you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray for that for you today. Actually, you know what? If you would stand, if that's you, if you would stand. You've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, and you want to today. This uh, glorious strength of the kingdom, this glorious joy and love and peace. Uh, you know, I know um, most, most days we just check a box uh that's that's the way we do it here most of the time but the lord just put it on my heart that no they're to stand today and so if that's you and you're in the room today and and you've never given your life to the lord and you want to do that just stand it's a decision that we've all made before it's this decision to follow christ anyone amen amen there's a there's a special anointing that comes Uh, when we declare openly, right? Checking the box is one thing, but standing is something else. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Come on, pray with me. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart all of the days of my life, that you would help me to live for you. I believe that you rose from the grave That you are seated at the right hand that you died for my sins so i could go to heaven you died so that i could be healed and you died so that i could be delivered in jesus name amen amen come on let's celebrate the bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice more over one sinner who repents than 99 people who don't need repentance so glory to god father we thank you jesus Whoever is receiving the offering, come on up and uh, receive that this morning. Come on. What a great day. Amen? Amen. Celebrate. Amen, amen.
1: All right. So there are multiple ways to give here Redeeming Love. They're up on the screen here. You can look at those. And um, if you're giving, make a decision. If you're online, um, there are ways to give, too. Just go on to our website and you'll be able to do that there's cards in the chair back if you want to um, you know use an envelope you can use that okay Um, so I'm just gonna pray today and ask God's blessing on the rest of our day and on this offering and you know it's it's came to me during the service that these little brown buckets that go around As we reach the community, as we reach the city, as we reach the capital district, what goes into these buckets is reaching them, too. And it just was birthed in my heart that, like, it's going to reach nations. So, Lord, we pray over this offering. We ask, Lord God, that it it would just be used, Lord God, that the city would change, the capital district would change, Lord, and that we would reach nations. I'm sure we already do... A lot, Lord, but it was just so vivid in my heart that our giving is going to reach nations, and we're just so thankful. In Jesus' name, Amen. You wanted to go amen. ahead. Amen.
0: Hey, we're going to have our prayer, prayer and healing teams underneath the screens here, on the left and the right. Uh, two words of knowledge that came this morning. Uh, if you're here, if you suffer from acid reflux, anybody here with acid reflux, make your way over here underneath the screen, either side. Um, And the other one was loneliness. Anyone here uh, with loneliness, if that's you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but come up to the team afterwards, and they would love, 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 love to pray for you.
1: Yep. And if you're a first-time guest, don't forget about the Connect Corner there, okay? And we will see you next week, all right? Have a great week. Bye-bye.